this is the education show unlocking opportunities in teaching and learning through collaboration proudly brought to you by zabuza.net and another edition of the education show so good to have you along with us a great guest that i have for you today and uh, really looking forward to having a chat to her who is she she is catherine main hello catherine how are you i'm good david thanks how are you i am fantastic thank you uh, before we, we, we do anything and find out uh, all about Catherine, uh, you are the founder, uh, I believe, of something called Money Savvy Kids. Yes. Fantastic. We're going to find out about Money Savvy Kids. But uh, I always like to find a little bit about my guests before we dive into what they do. So, so give me an idea. Paint me a picture of uh, who Catherine is. Uh, Catherine is a mom to three sons. I have uh, a 10, a 14, and an 18-year-old. Uh, living with teenagers is so much fun, I'm sure you know. I am also an award-winning businesswoman. I've won seven businesswoman awards in the last four years. I am also an author, and my biggest passion in life is to change the face of poverty on the African continent by empowering our youth through financial literacy. It sounds quite, quite, you know, it flows off the tongue nicely when you say that, but goodness gracious me, that sounds like a lot of work in reality. But Catherine, how did you get into this whole, you know, uh, wanting to save people from this, this poverty crisis that we're in uh, into becoming money savvy? Was there a journey that led you to say, okay, this is what I want to do? Absolutely, there was. Um, I have quite an interesting story. So I'm a high school dropout and I studied beauty therapy. So whatever happened to me in my younger years helped to formulate my get-go attitude now. And um, when I was 30 years old, I found myself pregnant with my third child, 17 rand in the bank, no savings, no investments. My uh, husband at the time had not been paid for three months and we were literally two months away from bankruptcy. Um, which is a lot of the people in this country is we, we don't have a saving mentality. We're not saving for retirement. And when uh, we get into trouble financially, we don't have enough money in the bank to pull us through. And very quickly, within three months, you're losing your house and your car. And that's exactly what happened to us. Uh, we sat there uh, bleakly in our financial advisor's office and realized the only thing we had to our name was the 17 Rand we had in the bank at the time no medical aid, one car, no, no more properties, and um, up the river with no paddle. Wow. And not really sure how to turn our lives around. But we did manage to turn our lives around through our own financial literacy education. Okay, so you basically went out there, took the bull by the horns and said, all right, I'm now going to learn about it. I'm going to put into practice what I learned, which is probably the most important thing. And you did turn your life around because uh, you, you your business is, is doing very well at the moment, but why money savvy kids, Catherine? Because being the education show, we've got a lot of educators that listen to us. Uh, we've got parents, some students as well. So why, why this need? So um, I've always been an entrepreneur. So firstly, the kids section was the, the gap in the market that I found based on all of the research. So I filled, I filled the gap uh, six years ago. And also, you know, if you want to institute a mindset for a child, you need to get them between the age of four and 12 when their neural pathways, when their neural learning pathways are still developing. Because if you want to create a saving culture for your child, as an example, you can't do it when they're 17 because it's a little bit too late. So if you want to create good financial habits, the best time to get them is between four and 12. 
Now, when did this whole journey to, towards Money Savvy Kids start off? So I started in 2014 um, and I registered my business and my trademark. Um, my goal with this business was always to build a big scalable business model that I could eventually sell because it's my retirement plan. So I started with my trademarks then and the business registration. And then we took about three years before we even launched a product into the marketplace. We did quite a lot of research. We did quite a lot of focus groups. We spent a lot of time talking to schools, teachers, parents, students, and um, testing our content to see what would actually be the most effective way for us to um, deliver our material to the students. So there was quite a lot of trial and error in the beginning. You started to build this up. I'm, I'm trying to get a clear picture in my mind of, of what you do, because as you're talking, I remember reading somewhere, and you mentioned this briefly, a lot of us in South Africa are three months away from bankruptcy. You live from you know, one credit card to the next. You rub from Peter to pay Paul. And when the Paul Paul hits the fan, like it did now in 2020, people's lives start tumbling about them like, like dominoes. And I can't help yeah. but thinking this financial education. And you know, on the show, we've, we've spoken to, to educators. I've spoken to a lady I believe you know as well and, and work with. Maybe we can touch on that uh, from Future Proof SA, which is Lisa Illingworth. And ah, Lisa. She's, she's all about teaching uh, youngsters about entrepreneurship. But that goes hand in hand with money and, and what to do with money. So you say from four years old, you can, you can talk to, to children and start instilling this value system in them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my youngest was four when I started our own financial literacy journey. And I must tell you, he is the most money savvy of all three of my kids. And he's 10 now. All right. I want to get into some of those stories in just a bit, because I think you've got some interesting stories to share there. But how does Money Savvy Kids, the product... And, and you, you do more there as well, don't you? Because you've got money-savvy teens and then something for yeah. adults too, don't you? Yes, money-savvy generation, which is our adult and corporate leg of our business. So you cater for people across the board, which is good. It means there's hope for people like me as well. But how do you get access to the youngsters though? So we have, um, I have a franchise model for my business. So we have a number of licensees, um, specifically in Joburg at the moment. And they actually go into the school environments and they try and negotiate with the school to uh, let us run the program to their students. Um, we charge the parents, not the school. Uh, but we have a couple of different models. So we do teacher training. We've had some schools who wanted us to add something specifically for their curriculum. So we do teacher training, we do after school programs, we can do during school hours, we run holiday programs, and then we have a whole lot of online material as well. So if we are not in your kid's school, you can sign your children up for our online webinars that we run every single month. All right, we're going to get into to, to pricing and things like that uh, a little later on, but COVID must have come along and, uh, you know, stuck its all in very, very firmly as far as you guys were concerned because schools were closed for so long. Exactly. So in March, when the schools closed, uh, me and my licensees literally stopped making money effective immediately. It was like a hard stop. It was actually quite a, uh, a jerk to, to deal with because all of a sudden, all of us stopped making revenue. So we had to pivot very quickly and we had to, um, we had to come up with a business model that was going to still allow us to keep our, our, our customers for 2021. 
So um, our strategy was to run as many free workshops as we could just to let people know that we are still here. We're still in the marketplace. Coincidentally, what happened was we managed to uh, produce a whole lot of new material and piloted a whole lot of new content. And now we have double the amount of material that we had when we started at the beginning of the year. So a bit of a silver lining amidst all of this COVID doom and gloom. I must tell you, though, something very, very interesting is I'd spoken to you for another show a little while ago. And uh, this particular show, this uh, education show, um, is, is brought to you by uh, an organization called Zibuza. Zibuza.net is where everybody mm. hangs out. And uh, Malcolm Moy is the founder there. And I had a chat to Malcolm a while ago, and I said, I want Catherine on the show. I think she's going to um, be absolutely fantastic on the show. She's going to add huge value. And he was like, okay, fine. And then a little while ago, uh, Malcolm said to me, you're not going to believe this, but apparently one of the teachers who belongs to Zibuza.net um, went to Malcolm and said, uh, she's, I think she's one of your, your license holders. And she was like, Malcolm, you need to speak to Catherine. So here we are. I mean, it's a, it's a small world and it's amazing how many people you come across in the sphere where uh, people are doing uh, their best to help children and to help build our country right from from the ground up. So let's get into a little bit more about the, the money-savvy te- uh, kids and the money-savvy teens, because I think those are, are what we're going to be talking to in this interview. You mentioned that uh, parents can sign up, they can sign up online. Do you have a wing where, I don't know, do you, get, do you look for a sponsor? How, how would you get into schools that might not have the, the, the finances to, to get, uh, get hold of your program? So we do have a registered MPO as well because we always wanted to be able to give this program to people who couldn't afford it. So we do run quite a lot of free programs. Um, so because of the MPO, we do have sponsorship. Um, we do have corporates that sponsor us annually. This year was a little bit different because everybody was holding onto their budgets based on what happened with COVID. Um, but from next year, we've already got some guarantees, but we also work with um, NGO organizations. So next year, we'll be working with Africa Tukan, uh, running about 20 workshops all over South Africa for them. So we do try and get that footprint. But if anybody listening to the show would like to sponsor a school, they can reach out to us and find us um, on our website, moneysavvykids.co.za. I think that's fantastic. And then obviously, you know, we've got huge disparity in our country and we've, we've got some, some really, really good schools and people that are very fortunate enough to, to have an income that allows their, their children to do some private education. Is there sort of almost like a twinning thing that you do with, with some of these schools, the private schools where you say, listen, you know, um, are you going to sponsor another uh, school that may be challenged in terms of finances? So because our target market is the parents and the school's not directly paying us for um, our services, we haven't tested that model yet. I know that Lisa does that quite a lot and it is something that we are going to look at this year because we've grown quite substantially um, in 2020. Which to me is also fantastic. You know what, I I love talking to people that uh, say, you know, there's been growth for us. 2020 hasn't been easy, but we've managed some growth. I think that is fantastic. So let's get into Too Many Savvy Kids a little bit more. Uh, Somebody that's listening now and thinking, maybe my kids should do it. Maybe I should uh, encourage uh, the the school to to sort of talk to Catherine or whatever the case may be. How do you start teaching children about money? 
So there's a couple of key concepts that we that we we teach doesn't matter what age we're teaching. So firstly, we want to teach them what is money? Why do we have money? Why do we need money? Uh, where does money come from? So the different types of income streams. We then want to teach them how to make money. So we teach them entrepreneurship and we teach them how to start a small business. Once they've got a small business, we teach them things like how to open a bank account, how to start saving a minimum of 15% of everything they earn, you know, how can they make their money work for them. So making sure that they're paying themselves first through saving, and then how do we teach them to make sure that they're growing their money. So we teach them about the benefits of compound interest, we teach them how to trade online, uh, we teach them about multiple income streams, and then we teach them other um, financial concepts like budgeting and debt and those kind of things. So we cover quite a vast curriculum with them depending on the age and the program that they sign up for okay but as you said i mean they can they can start their journey with you from as as, as young as four years of age and then literally grow with you uh, and 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 learn more Please. and more and get more advanced because i was just thinking it struck me now you talk about compound interest and it's something that you know you don't often think about and you know if you take somebody uh, at a very young age let's say they they're you know, 12, for example, and they decide they're going to start saving 50 or 100 rand a month. That adds up. And that's where this miracle of compound interest comes in. Uh, and I think back now, if I'd actually sort of when I was in school doing all my little odd jobs and everything and not looking for instant gratification, and I'd put that money away, uh, today might be a very different picture for me. Absolutely. So I have a business partner. She started saving when she was 15 years old. 50% uh, of everything that she earned. She's a very clever woman. She's a CA and she's worked all over the world in Singapore and the Cayman Islands. And we met about <clears throat> three years ago when she'd just come back to South Africa. And she literally started a business and hasn't had a salary. You know what it's like when you start your own side gig. And she makes money here and there, but she's been able to live off her savings for the last three years without it even really like affecting her finances very much because she was so clever with her money from the age of 15 years old which is to me an outstanding place to be. Now, lockdown, a lot of us, and I, and I like to think South Africans are resilient and uh, we, 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 we're able to adapt, even though we sort of whine and moan about stuff a lot because we're quite good at complaining, but there is some resiliency there. You said that you went from, from sort of having a, an active business with licensees, making some money to absolute nothing, no income no. stream. What did you guys Nothing. do then? Because you must have felt this, this pinch as well. And when, massively, I'm talking, massively. when I'm talking you, I'm talking you personally, not the business. Yeah. So I, I, I do follow my own advice. So number one, I had savings in the bank um, and I had six months worth of money in the bank to live on. So what I did first was I cut my expenses by another 10,000 Rand a month. So I was ruthless. I cut my food budget by 3,000 Rand. And having three teenage boys to feed, you know, that, that was a mindset shift. I had to cook constantly to do that. So I cut my expenses and I relooked my budget. I changed my car insurance. I changed my Wi-Fi provider. I kept paying things like my domestic worker and my gardener. But wherever I could cut, I cut back. Uh, that was the first thing I did. Secondly, I had some savings. 
Thirdly, I had more than one income stream and luckily my advertising agency started booming during lockdown and that really, really saved me. And then also the resilience that you speak of, you know, not sitting around feeling sorry for myself going, oh no, I'm not making money, rather sitting there going, okay, cool, what can I do to make money today? This part right there is what I find so vitally important because I've seen, there's been a bunch of people that I've seen that have just... It's literally, and I don't, I don't judge people like that, but this COVID thing has just knocked them flat on their back and they haven't yep. got up. I often talk about, you know, I see the entrepreneurial journey a little bit like a boxing match because, you know, you just think you're standing up and you just think you're getting somewhere and you get punched in the face and you fall down. Uh, and then you get up and you get punched again and fall down again. And I don't think it's how many times you fall down that matters, but how many times you get up and to keep on trying. I hate to use the term pivot because it's one of those catchphrases at the moment, but uh, how much and how many times you're able to change your course. I think that is vitally important. Do you know one of the things that I did, um, because you know, the, the first 21 days of lockdown, I also, I was like, I wasn't sure where to go, what was going to happen. You know, I planned to go overseas and to Kenya and all of that didn't happen. And I actually read the book Mind Power again. And I sat down every morning and I did my affirmations and I did my visualizations. And eight months later, if I think, if I go back and I look at all that stuff that I worked on in March, April, it's all manifested in my life now at the end of the year. But it was a constant journey, you know, every single morning at five o'clock, I was sitting watching the sun come up, doing my mantras, asking myself a couple of questions. What can I feel good about today? How can I make money today? Uh, what can I learn today that I didn't know yesterday? You know, and try to focus on the positive things that I did have and the positive things that I could do rather than focusing on the negative. To talk about that, just recently, last week, in fact, um, I was chatting to an entrepreneur, uh, a gentleman by the name of Martin Brown, and he, is, uh, he owns a company called Radical Mobility. They build uh, these fancy four-by-four wheelchairs. And he himself... Is a, is a quadriplegic and started his business uh, out of necessity about 16 years ago. And I said to him, you know, but what happened now? You know, COVID, you couldn't do anything. And he actually used to go online and he, he found a place where people were looking to, to write various documents and do this and that and the next thing. And he got himself some free uh, sort of speech to text software and he made himself enough money to keep on going and keep that business afloat working from his bed during yeah. COVID. And to me, that is fantastic. If we can convey that to our children, I think we're, we're, we're on the right track. Do the kids take up on this idea of being money savvy? Because I know we live in a world where it's all about instant gratification. And, and this is what catches all of us. You know, if you can't buy the thing you want now with cash, don't worry, put it on account. Or, you know, as soon as you can, get a credit card. And then if that credit card is kind of, you know, maxed out, get another credit card if you can. So how do children fit in with this? Because instant gratification for them is a big thing. So it, it actually depends a lot on the parent's financial money blueprint. So if the parents have a saving culture, the children will generally save and, and not be so instant gratificationally driven. So a, a lot of it comes down to uh, monkey see, monkey do, um, and whether they're interested themselves in getting themselves out of a situation. So you'll find that people that come from poverty it's very difficult for them to get out of a poverty mindset. So that requires a little bit more work than, okay, I'm going to teach you how to save. That's like, okay, cool. I'm going to teach you how to have an abundance mindset. So no two children have been the same. 
some kids come on our program and like we had this boy Ethan on our last six week boot camp. By week three, he had launched a whole business making fly fishing hooks and stuff. And he's now said, listen, I need the next workshop. I need the next six weeks about how to take this business to the next level. We will have other people, their parents will book them on and they're there because their parents have told them they need to come to the program and they barely interact and they feel like they're wasting their time. So it just depends on the kid, really. So a challenge, a challenge all around, but it's something, and, and, and again, you know, I, I have to think back to, to my, my childhood and I was, I was totally one of those instant gratification people. I didn't come from a wealthy family by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I had to work for everything I wanted. But there was no long-term plan for me. I was in the moment, you know, how much work do I have to do to, to buy the latest sneakers? Or how much work do I have to do if I want the latest album or CD? These days, people don't even know what I'm talking about. But, uh, you know, and, and that's what I worked towards. For me, there was no vision at that stage of my life. Do you think it's important to start building vision in your children and in the children you work with? Absolutely. So one of the, the two things that we teach them right in the beginning is one, values, because when you understand what you value, it will drive your behavior and two, goals. Uh, what is it that you want and how are you going to get there? So we teach them about values and goals um, from a around a grade five level um, so that they can start forecasting for the future. So this is all in, in this program, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Let's move on quickly to Money Savvy Teens, because I believe with the Money Savvy Teens, you, you take this business uh, and this idea uh, a little more digitally, don't you? To the yes. online space and making money online. Let's talk about that a little bit. What do you do there? So we, we use platforms like Easy Equities and we teach kids how to trade online. So we show them what a stock is. We show them the difference between stocks I mean, between shares and ETFs and ETNs and property investments and cash investments and all those different things. Um, so firstly, we teach them how to start a business. Uh, we also teach them about things like crowdfunding. Okay, cool. You've got a business idea, but you don't have any money, but you've got a really cool idea. How can we help you get money? So how do we help you fund that business? Well, these are crowdfunding initiatives. These are crowdfunding platforms. This is how you're going to get money. Uh, we teach them how to start, start stock files. So if they wanted to create a saving scheme amongst their peers to do a bigger investments, they could do it through a stock file. Yeah, so those are like some of the key things. And then um, our high school students, we also talk to them quite a lot about tertiary education funding because that's been a very moot point in this country for a long time. And a lot of that free education is not free and the interest rates from the funds are sitting at like 30%. Yeah, you know what, that is that is a big challenge and I'm, I'm hoping we can address that with some people at some stage. Uh, we're sitting now with uh, somebody, she's, she's now writing her matric uh, finals and wanting to go to varsity next year and when you look at what a loan would cost long term, it is absolutely frightening because they're going to end up having to work for I don't know how many years just to pay the loan back. If we'd started a little earlier and uh, sort of set in place you know, certain mechanisms, et cetera, et cetera. There might have been money for that. She might have been able to make some more money for that. Yeah, this, this is so fascinating. So, Catherine, people that want to find out more about this, if there's a teacher, because right in the beginning we mentioned uh, that, that you would actually uh, do something for teachers as well. Uh, can they contact you and, and say, listen, I want to learn some stuff so that I can pass it on to my students and my learners? 
Absolutely. So we also do teacher training for the teachers. So we actually um, doing a couple of schools in January where we teach the trainer, the teachers how to manage their own money as well, not just the students. Um, so the best place to find us is on our website, moneysavvykids.co.za. But if you just Google Money Savvy, you'll find us all over the show. We're not difficult to find. All right. And, and you're happy to talk to people. If somebody is now wanting to explore the Singaluk uh, Catherine, how much is this going to cost? What can we do? How do we do? Where do we start? Happy that they, they contact you and chat about that. Yes, and we do free demos. So we do free demos for the students or for the teachers or for the parents. Um, you can pick one of our six uh, topics and we'll come in and we'll, we'll do a full uh, hour session with whoever's going to be involved. Um, because we've gamified everything we do, it's pretty fun and engaging. And normally after we've done the demo, they sign us up. I think that's brilliant. Now, I know that you are a busy, busy lady and we haven't had time to, to really get into all the things you do. I mean, you've mentioned the ad agency. You've got the Money Savvy Group. You're an author as well. Talk, tell us a bit about that. So I wrote the book, Raising Money Savvy Kids, in 2016, launched it in 2017, um, just because I found that there were a lot of parents that weren't interested in the program, but were interested in how to have the money conversations. So I wrote the book, and I'm busy with my second book called Raising Money Savvy Teens, which will be out in February 2021. Okay. Step-by-step -step guide for parents. If you want to start having these conversations, where do you start? What do you say? And what do you get them to do to, to take action? Which I think is phenomenal. Now, now that book, the one that, that is already published, where would people be able to get hold of that? So um, they can buy it on my website. Um, if they use the voucher code MSK50, Money Savvy Kids 50, the book is 25 Rand. Um, but the book is only 50 Rand online. Uh, but I'm also happy to give it away. If anybody wants the book, they can send me an email and I'll happily send it to them. That is incredibly good of you. Wow, that's some great value there. Catherine, again, uh, your email address on the website, moneysavvykids.co.za. Is that the best place to find you? That's the best place to find us, yeah. And then just uh, drop her an email. And I think that's very kind of you. Thank you so much, Catherine. Uh, and I hope uh, the people that are listening definitely take advantage of that because we need to start doing something. And it starts with our children. Catherine, before I let you go, and, and thank you for taking the time out to chat to us today, where, where is uh, Catherine going next? Because uh, just by talking to you, I know that there's got to be a lot of stuff that's bubbling and, and waiting and you're ready to go into your next. So what is your next? Yeah, good question. So we have a lot of exciting stuff happening. So I worked with quite a lot of corporates over the last two years because we don't have a saving culture in this country. And we've been having these big um, uh, conversations with big players in the industry, um, a lot of the big banks and a lot of the big financial institutions about how do, we, how do we create a saving mindset? And one of the problems that we had was we didn't have a mechanism where people can save. We now have the mechanism where people can save and um, it's an international product that we're bringing into the country and localizing it. And I'm actually um, the part of the team in South Africa that will be bringing the saving mechanism to this country, offering incredible, incredible interest rates, which our banks will not be able to match. 
So that's something really, really exciting that I'm going to start working on one December. And then um, we're working on a whole lot of uh, corporate trainings at the moment. So we're building something for government, for government employees to manage their debt and budgeting. Uh, we're working with GTC to build a financial portal for people that are trying to cash in their retirement savings, just to educate them on the importance of budgeting and saving and planning and those kind of things. And then we have a whole lot of online content going online from also one February, we should have about 12 products online for people to start buying. I think that is absolutely fantastic and so, so exciting. I mean, I've just had, and, and, and just talking about this, I've just had something now with, with my mom. Um, my mom is now 78 years old and none of this stuff was ever taught to her or explained to her. And she went the traditional route that, that we were all told to go in this country where, you know, you work hard, you work for a single place for 30 or 40 years, uh, you get your little retirement annuity and then when you hit the age of 65 or whatever the case may be, you retire and live happily ever after. That is not true. Mm. That is not no. true because people are living longer and, and your projected income, that's something I've grown to, to really dislike over the last while. You know, when, when, you, when you sign up for some of these things, they tell you you could earn up to 10 million rand or whatever. What they don't tell you is if the stock market crashes, so does your funds in that. And yep. at the moment, my, my mom, because of this, she can't live on her pension. She cannot live on the money that she thought she was going to be able to live on uh, for the rest of her days. So it is so important. If you are listening to this, uh, whether you are an educator, a student, a parent, get something started now for your kids and for yourself. Catherine, once again, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you for your contribution and for taking the time out to have a chat to us here on The Education Show. Thank you so much, David. And uh, just before we go, one piece of yes. advice quickly that you would give somebody. So my first piece of advice, specifically after this year, don't stop saving. If you're not a saver, start now um, and look at how you can diversify your income because one form of income is no longer good enough to help us get through the tough times. Wonderful stuff. Very sage advice. That was my special guest, Catherine Main. It wraps it up for this edition of the education show to each and every one of you thank you for listening that was the education show simply learn join the conversation on zibuza.net that's z-i-b-u-z-a.net